is the Black and Boulder podcast. This is Anthony coming at you from Boulder, Colorado. Welcome back. We left off with the last episode with finally becoming uh, materialistically secure <laughs> due to our guardian angel, or one of many, uh, Marta from Colombia, and with myself, but I didn't mention the the girls and I uh, finding hobbies and interests that we had, which is akin to, uh, you know, civilization being created after, uh, and arts and, and uh, music after, you know, we stopped mulling around in the bush looking for berries, and we were able to, uh, you know, create an agricultural system of farming and grazing of animals and livestock and able to not need to spend all of our waking hours uh, searching for food and shelter that would keep us alive during our sleeping hours. <laughs> so um, similar to that, but very different as well. We were finally stable and secure. We had our housing and our food systems and our safety in place. And it was time now to look for our own culture that we would create and culture that would be different than the culture that we had created in the space that we were from uh, in Ithaca, New York, just naturally based on the circumstances of life and based on the reality that Colorado is the West Coast, according to native-born Coloradoans. <laughs> it's the West Coast and it's a whole different culture. Uh, some people say it's a little bit of a slower-paced culture. Some people say more relaxed. And some people just attribute it to the uh, loose cannabis laws and such. But in reality, and, and jokes and, and medicine aside, people in Colorado, in Boulder anyway, which is referred to as the Boulder Bubble, uh, there are a few spots in, in the United States that get that designation. Boulder is one of them. But people within the Boulder bubble just tend to be relatively chill. At first, I did think it was because of everybody's intoxication. And then I later found that just because a state legalizes a medicinal plant doesn't mean that everybody is interested in utilizing that plant. Many people just believe in the individual's right to work with whatever health systems they have available to them. The biggest interest <laughs> I learned in Colorado, which gets to another hobby of mine that I eventually picked up, is the craft brewing market and uh, brewing of beers and such out here uh, is huge and maybe even more so of a subculture than the cannabis culture. Now, Boulder of the 60s and 70s and maybe the 80s was a little more of the so-called hippie alternative I've learned from a couple of locals. And then there was uh, some Irish mobster domination of the town and such uh, during that interesting period in our country of uh, massive cocaine use. And, and now it's back to uh, mostly a lot of relatively bougie um, people that migrated out of California <laughs> after it started burning down or because they didn't like certain politics and have relocated to this area. And Boulder, with its Google having come in here in the last few years, a some odd million or billion dollar uh, campus that they have, which is very nice. You can see it here driving down 30th Street, I believe. Anyhow, um, Boulder is becoming a you know, sort of a Silicon Valley of sorts. It had been for a very long time a very green agricultural system. Going back to the beginning of times, Boulder used to be, even though it's a desert, 
next to the mountain with, with some major irrigation done by the pioneers of this area. Boulder used to be a uh, very green and luscious orchard type of area with growing citrus and other fruits and providing a lot of the country with those. Um, before moving into the clean, you know, aerospace of Ball Aerospace and IBM and computer systems and such. And um, now with uh, becoming a place where people come to as tourists to enjoy the uh, cannabis and the mountains and the craft beer. And a lot of the money made in Boulder and the industry is now based on tourism because it is a, a beautiful place to visit. So, yes, so... With all the joy and positivity, there is an aspect of of things that are not always so positive. And one of the biggest negatives uh, to our experience thus far was our loneliness and our solitude. Um, we did not have our friends. Um, we had some very close friends back from where we were from, um, some soul sisters and uh a woman that I had looked up to as a mother and, and shared a, a, a bond and friendship uh, with them that the girls and I missed greatly. And then, of course, the obvious is we missed our family. Uh, I have a quite a big family and a beautiful family, intelligent family and very achieved uh, family back in New York. And we miss them greatly and their input. And I specifically uh, miss their support with uh, the girls, my oldest two. Which, you know, you don't know, uh, as they say, what you have until it's gone. But in regards to the support for my children and other people that cared about them on a regular basis, that was probably the biggest shock to the system, uh, missing out on that, being in this new space. Over time, we have, you know, acclimated, as people do when they move to new spaces, and we stay in touch with our family and communicate and visit uh, as often as we can. And more to the point, we have, again, adjusted and adopted new forms of friendships and families out in Colorado and support systems to, um, you know, offer a semblance of family until we are again in a space where we are, you know, close and are around family again. And that is such the movements of life. Uh, it's not unique to uh, my family and I. It's pretty typical human behavior. So anyhow, that is probably our, and still remains to be, probably our biggest challenge uh, emotionally is the um, vulnerability that comes with feeling alone and far from family at times. Now I said feeling because there is the reality that to supplant that loneliness sensation, we can acknowledge that we are not alone and that we have many people around us, beautiful people, um, supportive people, and that we can as well, the next step is we can be and provide support to people who are also in that uh, position of feeling alone. And as a single father, I feel alone. I often miss my daughter's mother. I miss even having her there on the couch doing almost nothing. Um, I miss her around the holiday times, and I miss her doing something. When she was around, um, she would 
occasionally do some things. And I remember years, years back, uh, 2002, when she first became a mother, she was quite a good mother for a teenage mother and was very consistent and um, cared and provided for the home. The stress of parenting and marriage at a young age is real. The stress of being a black woman and being a woman is real. Uh, the stress of being a parent is real. And, you know, how we manage stress says a lot about who we are, um, but the amount of stress we receive says a lot about our place in society. And some of us must deal with much more stress than others and overcome it. doesn't make anybody better or worse. It just makes the life experience different. And it's not a justification, it's an explanation. Um, nothing is justified as a single father um, dealing with a deadbeat uh, mother for many years. Nothing is justified in the behavior of, of her towards our four children. Anyhow, so yes, missing her randomly in this space is part of the double-edged sword of being a single parent that many uh, single mothers and many single fathers already know. And, of course, missing uh, family. Uh, my sisters, specifically, were very important and are very important to my life and to my self-efficacy and to the lives of, lives of my daughters uh, as well. And um, since the introduction of my son into this planet, it has been a challenge. He's yet to meet uh, the extended family, and uh, I am very excited to uh, introduce him to everybody and to continue... Um, these bonds and this creation with a new life meeting a support system that it will have for the rest of his life, uh, hence his family. So I, you know, this is as much an explanation or a sharing of our main concern and the main source of our sadness in Colorado, a little bit of a peek into maybe some of the emotions of a single father, but also just to essentially point out that, um, these are important aspects uh, to life, and this is an important aspect of our life and uh, of our whole health system. We view health as a holistic thing, uh, spiritual health, mental health, psychological cell health, emotional health, and social health, uh, and familial health. And um, all of these systems are equally important, and there's probably many more. I'm not the doctor uh, yet, <laughs> definitely not a, a medical doctor. But these health systems are uh, of uber importance to our family, and um, it's something that I felt the need to relay today as a disclaimer as well that we are human. <laughs> you know, uh, my daughters and I and my son have achieved quite a bit in the years that we've been in Boulder, Colorado. Um, we, in my opinion, did some amazing things in, in surviving so far uh, through our experiences back east and, and teenage parenting and, and poverty and such. And um, we are thriving now in this new environment. But I do not want to give off the impression that we are unique, that what we have done is unattainable, and that um, there are no other fathers, and black fathers specifically, doing this and doing it in Boulder and doing it in Colorado and doing it around the world, raising our children. We are um, active uh, participants in the lives of our children, and this is one of the many ways that males can support the women's rights movements um, in allowing women to be more empowered, not to be solely... Uh, 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 
nurturers in the homes as well as being the breadwinners and uh, working. Now, I don't advocate for uh, deadbeat parenting regardless of the gender, regardless of the gender, um, but I do believe in gender equity, and this is one of the many ways that we as males can uh, help with the implementation of that on, the, on, a, on a familial level. So, um, again, um, thank you for tuning in. I think I've taken up uh, enough of your ear this morning, afternoon, or evening. And um, we will, or I will come to you uh, next show and continue the narrative of what we figured out next after, um, you know, securing a few hobbies, um, being enrolled, and just talking a little bit about the my daughters and how they um, participated in society in Boulder and a few of the random experiences we had um, in the athletics and uh, theater and in being a part of uh, Magnet uh, Art School and further engrossing ourselves in the beautiful town of Boulder, Colorado. Thank you again for tuning in. This is Anthony, Black and Boulder. Blessings. Thank you for your time and your energy. I look forward to connecting with you in the future and have a beautiful, wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening. And remember, good people, all matter moves.